What keeps us healthy and happy as we go through life? If you were going to invest now in your future best self, where would you put your time and your energy? There was a recent survey of millennials asking them what their most important life goals were, and over eighty percent said that a major life goal for them was to get rich. And another fifty percent of those same young adults said that another major life goal was to become famous. And we are constantly told to lean into work, to push harder and achieve more. We are given the impression that these are the things that we need to go after in order to have a good life. Pictures of entire lives. Of the choices that people make and how those choices work out for them, those pictures are most almost impossible to get. Most of what we know about human life, we know from asking people to remember the past, and as we know, hindsight is anything but twenty twenty. We forget vast amounts of what happens to us in life, and sometimes memory is downright creative. But what if we could watch entire lives as they unfold through time? What if we could study people from the time that they were teenagers all the way into old age to see what really keeps people happy and healthy? We did that. The Harvard study of adult development may be the longest study of adult life that's ever been done. For seventy-five years, we we've tracked the lives of seven hundred and twenty-four men, year after year, asking about their work, their home lives, their health, and of course asking all along the way without knowing how their life stories were going to turn out. Studies like this exceedingly are exceedingly rare. Almost all projects of this kind fall apart within a decade, because too many people drop out of the study, or funding for the for the research dries up, or or the researchers get distracted, or they die, and nobody moves the ball further down the field. But through a combination of luck and the persistence of several generations of researchers. This study has survived. About eighty of our original seven hundred and twenty-four men are still alive, still participating in the study. Most of them are in their nineties, and we are now beginning to study the more than two thousand two thousand children of this man. And I'm the fourth director of the study. Since nineteen thirty-eight. We've tracked the lives of two groups of men. The first group started in started in the study where, when they were sophomores at Harvard College, they all finished college during World War Two, and then most went off to serve in the war. And the second group that we followed was a group of boys from Boston's poorest neighborhoods, boys who were chosen for the study specifically. Because they were from some of the most troubled and disadvantaged families in the Boston of the 
of the 1930s. Most lived in tenements, many without hot and cold running water. When they entered the study, all of these teenagers were interviewed. They were given medical exams. We went to their homes and we interviewed their parents. And then these teenagers grew up into adults who entered all walks of life. They became factory workers and lawyers and bricklayers and doctors. One president of the United States. Some developed alcoholism. A few developed syndophrenia. Some climbed the social ladder from the bottom all the way to the very top, and some made the journey in the opposite direction.